You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Katie Harris, and this is another episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. And today we have Gina Wilson on with us, and she has started a program called Helping Babies Babies Breathe. And I am really excited to talk to you, Gina, about this. Um, It sounds fascinating. I've heard a little bit about it uh, prior to this conversation, but um, I know my listeners are really going to love this. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so thankful to be here with you. Uh, okay, so give us a, a little background first, like what kind of nurse are you and, and how did you come up with this idea for helping babies breathe? And it, it sounds a little self-explanatory, but uh, there's way more to it, so I want to hear all about this program as well. Yes, so I am a family nurse practitioner, and I first became interested in this program when I was doing a portion of my residency to become a nurse practitioner in, in Tanzania. I was um, there working in a few different clinics, um, but one of the clinics I worked in were working with mothers who were in labor and going to deliver their babies. My history in nursing is in women's health, so I was very excited to be a part of deliveries in East Africa and Tanzania, and so um, I was a part of several deliveries very well. the baby, you know, it was really interesting and a beautiful thing for me to compare deliveries in the U.S. versus deliveries in Tanzania. And so I was a part of these deliveries. All were going really well until there was one that didn't go so well. Um, a mother was in labor for a while and um, the baby was born and the baby was, was blue um, and having difficulty breathing at birth. Um, and I was given this baby. And at that point in my training and experience, I didn't know very much um, what I should do in this environment for this baby. So I knew I should stimulate the baby. So I started to stimulate the baby and look for you know, resuscitation supplies, a bag mask, um, a suction device, something like that. So I looked all over the room um, trying to find something and there was nothing there. Um, There was a table labeled resuscitation that had fabric on top of it. Um, And I remember a midwife came over and said, "Um, place the baby to the side, we need to focus on the mother. And the mother was hemorrhaging, so it was an emergency going on um, in both for the mother as well as for the baby. So we intervened for the mother, I started an IV, we hung fluids, we were, trying to get the bleeding to stop. Um, And we were able to, you know, her bleeding was able to slow down some. Um, And how it all kind of ended in the clinic um, was that she was given a large gauze and um, her bleeding slowed down enough where she held her blue baby and kind of staggered back to her village and, for me, I, w- I was literally shaking after this experience. And I remember the doctor I was working with came up and said, all right, Gina, there's patients. We need to go see patients. 
And, um, and I remember saying, you know, can I have a minute? And I walked around where outside of where the clinic was and had a granola bar and um, just re was really shaken by this experience and had so many questions about what I just was a part of and experienced. So, um, and honestly, after that experience, I was haunted by it. Um, I kept thinking about it. I started reading a book on midwifery, trying to figure out what, I, what happened and um, if this was something that happened more than just once in a blue moon um, and how often this is occurring. So I went back to Duke and um, where I was getting my master's and I started my doctorate. And this was my focus um, for my DNP, um, Doctor of Nursing Practice at Duke. I, so the first questions I asked were, um, are babies dying in Sub-Saharan Africa, in Tanzania? And what does that look like? And I found that neonatal mortality is four to five times higher there when compared to here in the US. And then I asked another question. I said, okay, a lot of babies are dying. Why are they dying? And I found that birth asphyxia, which is a fancy word for difficulty breathing um, at birth, is um, one of the highest causes of neonatal mortality. Um, so I said, okay, what I experienced is probably pretty common. And there wasn't an Ambu bag, you know, there wasn't a bag mask resuscitator. There wasn't anything, you know, really in this room to help this baby. Um, so are there programs out there that are, that are helping to address this need? And that's when I found Helping Babies Breathe. And Helping Babies Breathe is a basic resuscitation program designed by the American Academy of Pediatrics that um, trains, it's a training program for midwives and other birth attendants. Um, and it also supplies reusable supplies um, for them. So a reusable bag mask resuscitator, as well as a, a suction device that can be cleaned and reused. Um, so that's how I was led towards helping babies breathe. Um, and then I went on in my doctorate to, to implement this program in Zanzibar, Tanzania. Um, wow. <laughs> so that is like an amazing story. And like, so I'm having a hard time processing because I'm still like, um, you know, just listening to your story is hard. You know, I can't even imagine what it was like to experience something like that. Um, and my first thought is, you know, did that baby die? Like what happened to that baby? Um, and I, I know I, I recognize that it's um, maybe not as relevant to this story, but it's like you get so caught up in, in the story that you're telling that it's um, and it's hard to imagine the, the mother hemorrhaging, get gauze, and then you know give her a blue baby and, and send her back to her village. Uh, you know maybe on back one of those motorbikes too, because it's a lot of the ways they get around. Um, and you know just the the fact that you came across this problem and this issue um, and you know just trying to process it all through your doctoral work is is incredible um, so in helping babies breathe this training program that uh, this was already created and you were able to find this right that, that's how that worked yes that that's correct it's it's a training program created that 
has been shown, um, there's a lot of evidence to support its effectiveness in reducing neonatal mortality attributed to birth asphyxia. So now when you brought this back to Zanzibar in Tanzania, um, was it like, they were like, oh my gosh, thank you so much, or was there kind of a cultural resistance to it? So it was, <laughs> it was challenging. Um, so I was a new person, right, um, coming in and, and quite young. Um, and so I went for several months um, and um, the initial challenge was just to get approval from the Ministry of Health. So I, I remember going to many different meeting spots and waiting hours to meet with someone and then um, someone would come and say, oh, I'm sorry, they're in South Africa or <laughs> they're here. And so, um, and I remember going to a spot and saying, oh no, you need to go down the road over here to this other building to meet with this person. And, and so it was this, you know, kind of month and a half, which honestly is really a fast way. <laughs> it's not that long of a time period, but it felt quite long when I was there by myself trying to gain approval and really just a conversation with the Ministry of Health and share what I experienced and then kind of the research I had been doing, um, sifting through the evidence and what I had found, and then asking the question of, would this program be helpful to you guys? And if so, I wanna help in a small way, if I can, and partner together. So I did finally get that conversation, um, which was awesome. And, um, and then we were able to plan together how to implement the program um, in Zanzibar. And it was, um, you know, it's, it was a, it was a great start. Um, and over time, you know, the relationships have been, you know, some of the most joyful parts of my life um, with so many people there because I've been able to grow over the last five years or so just growing in relationship and sharing meals together and visiting homes and um and all of that which has been really such a joy for me right so now you could have very easily have just kind of come back to the united states and said you know my god that's you know i don't have to go back there again but you kind of took this uh problem onto yourself went to the um went to the effort to find a solution and then trekked back to Tanzania to try and find the right person to speak to at the Ministry of Health, right? Was there ever a point where you're like, why am I doing this? Maybe somebody else should do this. Maybe this problem's too big for me. Honestly, no. I, I remember just the baby and that experience. I, when I say I was haunted by it, I really was. Like I, I really just kept thinking about it and I kept saying, to myself like when I found out about the neonatal mortality rate and the discrepancy I'm, I must have been I was naive before really I knew that more babies died but I didn't know it was such a huge difference and so I think for me it was like wow where where we're born um, as well as where we're born in the US and as well as as abroad um, really predicts our um, 
you know, our chance at life from the very, very start. And so um, I just, I felt like, okay, um, small things, right? I can do something small um, and empower, hopefully, you know, like those around, um, midwives around who are amazing and intelligent to lead this effort as their own and for it to be nurse-led, um, which has really been the case in Zanzibar. Um, so there were times, I remember before getting approval, that month and a half or so, like right before I was able to get approval, I thought, oh my goodness, what if I don't? And I've spent all this time and I, and I go home like, oh gosh, you know, like I remember thinking, oh no. Um, so yes, I, I mean, there have definitely been challenges. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't even imagine like being like, I'm going to go talk to the Ministry of Health of some country, you know, it's just, it's a very bold thing to do. And, and hopefully you, you recognize it. Um, you, you know, you really pioneered something amazing. Because um, most people would, would give up at that thought and just say, Oh, well, you know, somebody else is gonna have to take up the, the clause. But um, so, you know, thank you for doing that. I think that was amazing on your part. Um, so in terms of like, um, you know, how did you afford to go over there and spend like months at a time? Were you funded by somebody or was this all out of pocket? So that's a great question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say I was funded, um, but we weren't. So it all kind of happened really fast um, where I was um, focused on this, but it really was a uh, my husband and I, we, we set money aside, um, and we ate a lot of oatmeal and <laughs> peanut butter and jellies, um, during the initial time period. Um, I was also able to raise support. Um, I wrote letters to people to see if they would be interested in engaging in this effort by donation. Um, and that helped. I was able to partner with a couple churches who um, graciously, I was, you know, had me come and speak um, and raise support that way through um, through ministries at the church. Um, most recently, there was a, a vacation Bible school group that, you know, contacted me and wanted to support through the children's ministry. So children raise money for these midwives and babies, which is really cool. Um, so I, it was really kind of, you know, raising money through social media, through letters. I did a tea one time. Um, so that was, that's how we've been able to raise funds. And then every time we've also taken out of our own pot. And I think that's an important part because, um, for us anyway, and for me, I feel like that that is a increased investment that I'm thankful I'm able to, to do. Now, do you have a job that you're working in the United States? Uh, you know, what do you do and how do they feel about your project in Africa? Yes. So I do, I, I did work after initially implementing this program in Zanzibar. I worked in Ghana for a year where I traveled back and forth doing similar work um, in Ghana. And then that was really helpful because I would piggyback trips to Zanzibar um, during that time. Um, but most recently I work in a community health center 
here in Durham, um, where I work a few days a week there. And, um, and I'm also um, doing some instruction, like instructor work at Duke um, in the School of Nursing. Um, and so Lincoln Community Health Center, where I work, when I was initially hired, this was part of the conversation, um, working this into my contract, um, because it's so important to me. And so they were very accommodating and have been very supportive. So I can go to Zanzibar and stay engaged um, while still maintaining my nurse practitioner job here in the US. So how often are you going back now? So I, so lately, well, I've, I've had a baby too. <laughs> <laughs> so this past summer, I went um, for several weeks with, um, our 10 month old, which was awesome. Um, I'm typically going, my goal is to go every six months. Um, and that was set off some with pregnancy, but, um, most recently before that, when I was working in Ghana, I was there every few months. Um, so it has stepped, stepped back some most recently, um, because of personal things. But, um, I think that's, what's been so cool is that I, was able to develop these really strong relationships. And so now, you know, I have lots of friends on WhatsApp that we message and send photos back and forth. And, um, you know, when everyone found out I was pregnant, they were very excited. <laughs> so it's been, it's, it's almost like going to another home for me, um, which I'm really thankful for. So how did these uh, just opportunities come up? Like, I mean, how did you end up in Africa in the first place? Or how do you end up in Ghana? Because I, I have a lot of people that are interested in doing stuff like this. It's just sometimes it's hard to find that starting point. Yes, that, that is true. I, my starting point was through my residency at Duke um, for my master's. Um, an option was to complete a portion of our residency in in another place and one of the places was Tanzania so that's what I chose to do then and then um, I was able to connect with someone in Zanzibar to then go to Zanzibar and explore Zanzibar um, which Zanzibar is an island off the coast it's part of Tanzania but it's semi-independent um, from Tanzania and then Ghana came up through um, so when I was finishing my doctoral work focused on helping babies breathe, um, there was another nonprofit that received funding to implement helping babies breathe and some other training programs in Ghana. So then they contacted me and said, hey, would you be interested in this um, position um, to do training? And so it, I think once you get plugged in, it is kind of like a trickle effect um, once you're plugged in. And I initially was plugged in through Duke um, and through that residency program. Okay, yeah, no, I think that's really helpful because um, to, to know and, and just to get started. And a lot of these things you have to start with your own, um, you know, finances, like you have to pay for a lot of this yourself uh, in the beginning. And it sounds like a lot of what you've been able to do has come from fundraising and you know there's not always that nice neat package where they just give you the money and you get to do whatever you want but <laughs> uh, 
So, I mean, that, that's awesome. Uh, now, so this, um, the helping babies breathe, because I didn't really ask you this, like, what does that entail? Like, is this a simple method that, or, you know, what, what does it involve um, and how does it work? So Helping Babies Breathe, it is a, a basic resuscitation program. It teaches um, a lot of the like really important things in the first minute. It goes through, you know, what to do when the baby's born. So putting the baby skin to skin, um, you know, if the baby's having difficulty breathing, stimulating the baby. Um, and then if the baby needs um, bag mask resuscitation, what to do if the baby needs suctioning, what to do. And so it has, um, it's called an action plan um, that's in Helping Babies Breathe that walks you through all these steps. Um, and there's illustrations. It's really easy to follow. Um, and that's, the curriculum is, is very interactive. It uses um, simulators, so neonatal simulators to um, practice bag mask resuscitation. And um, when we implemented this initially in Zanzibar, we chose the northern part of the island. And one of the important parts, um, I think, to the whole implementation and to where the program is today is um, we asked for master trainers to um, lead the program. So initially, I trained six master trainers who were midwives delivering babies. Um, and then those six master trainers, once we finished a three-day training, um, then worked on how they would train others. And now they initially trained 33 other midwives and equipped them with reusable supplies, bag mask resuscitators, um, a suction device. Uh, we did solar lights um, for the first group, bags to put them in, because these midwives are in the most remote part of the island. Um, and then from there, as we've continued on, um, the last implementation was in two of the busiest facilities um, in Zanzibar. They, in these two facilities, they deliver about 17,000 babies a year. Oh my God. Yeah, it was huge. And so um, this implementation was it was like 59 um, midwives that were trained. And again, it was led by local master trainers, local midwives who deliver babies, led the training. Um, and there's a lot of um, hands-on demonstration and return demonstration, simulation. Um, and then both facilities were equipped with supplies. And then we just, um, we also, have a process where ordering supplies, um, I always order the supplies with someone from the ministry. Um, that way they, they're able to know the process of how to order and, and they direct all of that. So, um, you know, it's little steps towards sustainability for ultimately the, the Ministry of Health to sustain the program. Wow, um, so what are some of the results that you've seen as, since implementing this program? Yeah, so the initial um, like manuscript or article is focused on those 33 midwives. And what we did is we um, did pre-post um, knowledge and skills um, assessments. And then we came back three months later and did the same knowledge check and skill assessment. And 
um, their skills and their knowledge were maintained over that three month period. Um, we also did in-person observations of, of real time deliveries. And in those deliveries, it was shown that um, babies were intervened for um, and appropriately. So there were 62 observations in that first um, study and 12 times um, babies had difficulty breathing at birth or needed some type of intervention and all survived the what we call the golden minute, so that first minute of life. Um, and then, and that article has been published. Um, there's one that I have right now that has been submitted for review um, from those two delivery centers. Um, and again, it was really positive results. And we, we came back six months later to see how everything was going um, then. And it was, um, again, really positive results that skills and knowledge and um, translation into practice um, were all occurring. So that's, that's really good. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, what is kind of your, your vision for this? What is the long-term goal? So, well, my, my long-term goal is, um, is to continue to listen, um, continue to build relationships and respond to the needs in Zanzibar, hearing from the local people there on what needs to happen. Um, I would love, I guess my dream is that maybe in a year or two that I could go and work um, for a couple years and just scale helping babies breathe throughout the whole island of Zanzibar. Um, and, you know, working with the Ministry of Health and, um, this past summer, I was in a meeting there, and um, they really liked the idea. <laughs> so, and um, but yeah, that that would be um, kind of my long term um, goal, and and to make this more official so people can support. Um, so my goal is also to make this a, a nonprofit, to develop a nonprofit, so people can support um, in more of a formal way. Do you see um, bringing nursing students or do you already do that or n other nurse practitioners over as well? Yes, I um, right now I am working um, with a couple students who are doing their um, DNP projects in Zanzibar. So, um, which has been really neat to, to get others involved and um, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. We have a project going on right now in Zanzibar with um, DNP students that is, and the focus of this project is um, focusing on, you know, respectful care of women during delivery. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I want to do my DNP. <laughs> I want to come over. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> I'm not even an OB, maternal health or women's health, but I, I want to get involved now. Um, yeah, I had this problem with my podcast because every time I talk to somebody, I'm like, yeah, I want to do that too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but that is awesome, Gina. This whole thing is amazing. I, you know, I'm just um, blown away that you did all of, all of this, um, you know, on your own. You, like I said, you took it on yourself. So you're truly a pioneer and someone that is just unstoppable at, at some level. So I love seeing nurses like you out there. 
Um, so yeah, congratulations on doing this. This is, it's, I can see this ex just exploding in all different directions that you're not even possibly thinking about. Um, but I want to wish you the best of luck on this. And maybe you could tell everybody if they're interested, you know, how to connect with you um, or get some more information on, on uh, helping babies breathe. Yes. Um, so please feel free to contact me. Um, you can contact me through email. My email address is gmw, the number eight, at duke.edu. And I would love that. Um, and then to learn more about helping babies breathe, visit the American Academy of Pediatrics Helping Babies Survive program. And one of their programs in the Helping Babies Survive program is Helping Babies Breathe. And there you can find all kinds of information about Helping Babies Breathe and um, scientific articles related um, and all that good stuff. But I would love to connect with you. So feel free, please email me. I'd love to connect. All right, well, thank you so much, Gina. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It was an honor.